Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Hi, I'm Danielle Radojcin, and welcome to My Big Idea, the weekly podcast from ASOS, which brings you awesome career advice from young women doing it for themselves. This week, I'm talking to Lottie Anderson, a 26-year-old artist from London. Lottie is a talented creative whose work has involved everything from launching cult West London club Night Maxilla to co-hosting a radio show with her mate Phoebe Collins-James to working on a zine for Adidas Stella Sport. This June sees her working on a project at Bold Tendencies, the annual sculpture show, performance space and open air cinema. Here's Lottie's big idea. Hi Lottie. Hi, Danielle. Thanks for doing the ASOS podcast. Thanks for having me. (laughs) So I never normally start um, my big idea like this, but can we just talk through what you're wearing? Because I really love the way you dress, and I think that people would like to know where what you're wearing and where you got it from. Okay, so I am wearing my finest clumpy Prada sandals, which actually outside of a nightclub last summer, a bunch of boys stopped me and went, oh my God, are those Hirachi sandals? I went, no, they're actually from Prada. And they said, look after those. Uh, so props to anyone who wants to wear ugly shoes. Um, I'm wearing a bias cut, silky kind of tech print dress. I always think it's a bit mummy-ish, but I really love it. My friend was throwing it out, so I got really lucky. Looks hot. Thank you. And what about the jewellery? So I started doing this thing where I attach about five necklaces together and then I wrap them around and around my neck. So I've got this kind of funny choker with other bits. But one of them is from a friend of mine called Oh Tongtai, who's an incredible jewellery designer. And it's uh, this jelly belly collab. So I've got a jelly bean and I've got a screw and I've got a really lovely bit that was my mum's that's a silver kind of pendulum thing and finally the jacket oh good old Fred Perry (laughs) very reliable baby blue yeah baby blue zip up I actually I had this moment last week I bumped into I had a a real kind of star moment I bumped into Noel Gallagher on the tube and I think Seriously, my good does friend. He take the tube? <laughs> well, that's what I thought. I mean, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't rumble him, but I was just like, you know what? I want to start wearing zip up, no hood, just was he, zip what, up. What was he wearing? A zip up. I think he does like Savile Row suits. Sadly, he was wearing his usual look now, which is kind of uh, slicked down hair and a, <laughs> a newish biker jacket, which I, I can't it. say I recommend a newish biker jacket, but no, you made my week, my day, can, my year. I think can get away with anything. He yeah. looks good in anything. Anyway, back to more uh, less serious matters. You work very much in a print analogue medium. What are your thoughts about digital versus print? I think, I think, first of all, whenever you're making anything at the moment, you have to think why you're doing it. And then I think that the medium follows quite quickly. So I started making print work because I was running a party and I 
didn't actually really know how to use Photoshop or InDesign. So I had whatever was at the end of my fingertips, which were a pile of sketchbooks, a lot of masking tape, and a big black felt marker. And something about the process that is, you know, your hands on, it's, it's immediate. It's whatever's in your head immediately, and you can just make very quickly. So I think in terms of, I think in terms of making posters, it was totally natural to just make without any kind of technological involvement. So the um, club night that you're talk are talking about is Maxilla, which you started yeah. a few years ago. I started a party called Maxilla by about five years ago. And I have to be honest, it, it, it started as a birthday party and essentially a lot of it was that time when you're about like 18 or 19 you finish school and all your mates go away to uni and you're like oh god there's no one left um and about 15 of us clubbed together and thought it'd be a nice thing to just have a party this was in west london yeah we started it in the maxella social club and it was a really great gang of people and we're all in our first years and all kind of missing each other we thought okay was where's a, where's a really easy place to get everyone in one place to celebrate and so many people turned up. Why do you think it was such a hit? I think it was because we weren't... I think at the time, uh, everyone was really embracing a really kind of digital look and quite professional look. It, it was... It, the thing, the thing with digital cameras and the thing with all of these amazing apps is it means that everyone can do everything very quickly and you can get this professional look very quickly. But it, often I find that that would put me off things because I'm a bit kind of... I get kind of social anxiety and a bit kind of nervous and I always want environments to be really warm and really friendly. So the way that we did it was that we had 10 people, we sort of just texted everyone and rang everyone and just said bring your mates and there was nothing scary about it. So, so many people came. And it's been a massive hit, and but you've decided to end it. So I think it's the last one happening this week. Yeah, we're doing the last one on Friday, and I'm actually feeling really emo about it. I bet. Why <laughs> did you decide to bring things to a close? Um, because I think, I think especially with parties, um, this, the, they're so nostalgic, you know? They're the most ephemeral thing. You, you go and you're present, you have this moment. I always didn't have club photography. I thought it was naff. I just wanted people to remember it and I love the idea in my head of these cult celebrations. What do you think you learned from doing Maxilla? I mean everything, everything. I mean I learned how to communicate, I learned how to decorate, I learned how to art direct, I learned how to be bossy, I learned how to run a bar, I learned how to do, sort out DJs, I learned how to speak talk everyone into doing everything just out of love. Everything. Quite a lot then. Yeah. <laughs> so and, 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 what's, and what's, what's next? Um, I mean, I work now freelance as an art director as a result of making so many posters and fanzines. Um, so I did do that. Did it get you some, any specific job opportunities? Did any job opportunities yeah. come up as a result of doing Maxilla? Well, the look was so specific and so kind of different from what was going on at the time, which is just to what describe was, it. Describe the look a bit. It's kind of um, photocopied, black and white, scrappy, crude a lot of hand-drawn bits and, you know, bits torn out of newspapers that I got approached by Stella McCartney and Adidas at the time who were launching a new label called Stella Sport and because I was doing Maxilla with no, um, no money myself, I'd never really worked in colour and it 
had this really amazing moment where they were just like, come on, we've got this thing to launch and you have all these resources at your hands. And so you did the website and a zine Yeah, so th- we started and it was it was a really great way to actually get involved loads of the lovely people who came, who you meet through doing parties. So a really great friend of mine, Lily Birch and Webb, came onto the project and she shot, we shot together a, um, I guess a, a fanzine of our friends, our siblings a- around the area. Really, really, you know, whatever's at your fingertips. I can't say enough that whatever's at your fingertips is usually the best it's the thing that makes you different how did you find working with a brand after working for yourself it was great to be honest they were very trusting they really believed that what we had to say was authentic and real and they wanted to capture that so they really facilitated a lot i yeah so i think of you as a kind of proper cool London girl you're the kind of girl when like when Americans go like oh my god I really love British style I really think they're thinking about girls like you I think the, the great thing about kind of Labrick Grove and Portobello is it's a little it's a pocket it's a village by the way can I just say at this point I'm so excited to not be talking about East London for a change <laughs> <laughs> yeah I mean I'm really interested in scenes and I have to be honest like my my mum and dad sort of moved there. Well, no, my dad lived there his whole life. But they they were, had all these great friends and they had kids young. And there was this great community around Westbourne Grove and the market. And every, I grew up every Saturday, you know. You, the West London girls are quite cool in the way that they kind of wear something really cheap and really broken. They, they make it look pretty, pretty good because there is just so much beautiful vintage knocking around. And did you study fashion? Yeah, I, I studied fashion. I left, I left school. And I did, I took a year out, I did my foundation, and I did a lot of internships I didn't know what I wanted to do. So I ended up actually doing an internship at the last time Alexander McQueen was doing his collection. What were you doing with him? Um, So I had no qualifications. I could just about use a sewing machine. It's good to say at this point, everything I do is pretty bunged together and I've managed to make it into a job. So don't ever think you've got to do anything polished. But they got me, I was a design intern and I I was good at making things. So they kind of gave me just show pieces. How did you get that internship? I had been doing an, ah, here's another good thing. (laughs) When you do an internship, always be nice to everyone. I had been doing another internship with the woman who designed his shoes. If anyone can remember those clog-footed, huge club-foot shoes, Georgina Goodman did them, and I had been doing stuff with her, and she said, oh, you want to study fashion, you've got a strong book, I'll put you in touch with them and see how it goes. Okay, and how was it working in the Alex? I, it, was, it was mental. <laughs> you didn't you didn't sleep for three months. <laughs> you kind of you'd find interns kind of like asleep under like, <laughs> under the table. It was great. What Super was inspired. he like? Well, he uh, there was a floor of us, and then there was the floor above, and he would stay often in the floor above. But I did have once a moment where I was in the in the lift one morning, and he got in with his dogs, and he was like, "Good morning." I was like, "Oh hi." And just kind of looked at the floor. I don't know if you realise I was an intern. I don't. I don't know. I was very starstruck. <laughs> yeah. No. It was wicked. I mean, your internships. And so, what did you take? What did you learn from what doing that internship? I learned that it's never one individual. You know, it's never just you. It's it's the power of the group. The power of the team the bond they have, the conclusions they come to together. 
that's what makes something really interesting and good research. And I also want to talk about another thing that you've been involved with, which is being a radio <laughs> presenter. <laughs> My skills. <laughs> Tell us all about that. Uh, <laughs> I haven't thought about that in a while. Okay, so uh, about... It was about two years ago, maybe a year and a half ago. Me and my flatmate, Phoebe Collings-James, who is, it's good to say, a professional artist and a very seriously wonderful person. We, uh, we, uh, she got some, what was it? No Wave, which are really amazing New York-based uh, radio sh uh, programming. What's the word? Hoster, the hosting radio thing, I've forgotten my words. Um, they decided to launch a UK arm and we'd just been having a lot of fun and she came home one day and she was making some eggs or something and she was like, you know, it's like we're living for the weekend. I thought it was so brilliant and we decided to start a radio show of the same name and we did it weekly for about six months. It was so great. So you went in doing this with no prior experience? Were you nervous? Did you no. find it weird? No. I mean, I love to chat. Anyone who knows me knows I love to chat. <laughs> so was, and the show was, can you still hear those shows? Yeah, you can, you can listen to them on SoundCloud. They're, they're what do you search for? You search for No Wave, Living for the Weekend. And there's about, maybe about eight, ten shows. Did you enjoy doing them? I loved it. It was a really great thing. Because of me and Phoebe's jobs, which are, you know, uh, we, we never have, the, we have no routine, essentially, all week. It was a great thing that every week we got to see each other and let our hair down and have a laugh and play whatever we felt like playing and get in whoever was in the country at the time to have a chat. And again, similar to Maxilla, you know, not be so serious. It's quite hard when you work for yourself because you spend a lot of time having to actually be very, very serious and make very serious decisions that it's great to have a space where you can just enjoy yourself. Mm. And what about this project you're involved in this summer uh, with Bold Tendencies in South London? So Bold Tendencies is this amazing sculpture park, car park, that Hannah Barry runs in Peckham and there's a bar on the roof called Frank's and they commission artists to do incredible installations and it's their 10 year anniversary so I met up with them in January to talk about their events this summer and did you approach them or did they contact you no first? they it was actually really great they got in touch um, a friend of mine called George got in touch and introduced me to Hannah and it was really wild because she'd been having dinner actually I think the night before and someone said oh you want to do parties you should get Lottie to come in her it's quite hard to get hold of but she should come and do something and I as I'm kind of winding down doing Maxilla and I'm about to start doing a different party I, I I've been having a lot of very kind of like honest conversations with my friends and moving house and etc and I decided I wanted to do this thing called weird sex which is a project that we speak about kind of modern I guess like gender roles and relationship dynamics and sex and pleasure and politics and tech and what get, gave you the idea? I think I'm just getting a bit more grown up. And I think the older you get, I guess it's like, I mean, I'm not very old, but I just, I want to be more honest across the board with all the work that I make. I think that it's universal. I think to be vulnerable is very important. There's a lot of conversation about women feeling so empowered and so strong. And I think a lot of that often comes from being really honest and really vulnerable and having a sense of humour. So do you think you're sort of tapping into issues that lots of young people are feeling? 
I hope so. I feel like there's a shift. There's a there's a huge shift at the moment. Last week was Mental Health Week, Awareness Week, and um, I've never seen so many uh, youth publications speak about it and pull in young people to talk about anxiety and FOMO and you know a lot of these things are you know tech related and I think it's a really interesting time for that so is it a ticketed event or can you just turn up it's free you gotta anyone come. come yeah anyone can come I think we're gonna start it at seven o'clock the um, the date that we're doing it is the 18th of June which is a Saturday and we're just going to get, I want to get in a, a real mix of people. I want to get in sex therapists, Ruba Mayberry, who's my fat mate and a totally amazing um, dominatrix and publisher of Wet Satin Press, Matthew Stone, brilliant artist. Hopefully Phoebe Collings-James will come and do it too. She did these pieces called Pleasure Pieces. Um, her work uses her body a lot. And just, oh, Sienna Murdoch, who does... Um, I mean, a really interesting group and get us to have a real chat, which you can all be involved with too, if you'd like to come. Yeah, I know, it sounds amazing. Um, what I'm interested, because you're involved in so many different things mm. and you are always really enthusiastic about them when I, hear, when I talk to you about them. What do you do, if you're not feeling inspired, what do you do to, feel, to change that? I think... I think the thing with being creative is you can't really push it and you have to accept that it comes in when it does. And really, I, I'm, I have really wicked friends. I try and be around people who uh, do really exciting things that are, are reading, that are watching, that, are, you know. But also, this thing that I do, which is, I sometimes think it's a bit embarrassing, but I'll just go out by myself and go for a walk and remind myself of all the things that I really love. So I love London, so I cycle around London and I try and really engage with the city and look at what people are doing. I often will go and see shows alone. I find it much easier to go and look at art by myself because it can be, it's just much far more reflective. Um, yeah. And who, which women inspire you? Either from a kind of like fashion sense or from a career point of view? Um, maybe it's someone in the past or maybe it's just like a mate. Uh, I can, the, the list of women, so when I was really, my, my mum died when I was really little so I, I found myself without realising that I was, I used to write blogs and I'd amass, it was before Tumblr, so I used to amass these kind of many-headed female really inspiring women so it might have been like, the way JLo dances and, and looks at, at the screen when she's singing combined with like maybe the way that like Bjork then the, 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 the way that she edits sounds then with you know like Marina Abramovic when she's not being annoying in a Jay-Z video <laughs> combined with you know Florence Nightingale like, you know all these women it's, it's not a new thing that women are strong and powerful and inspiring it's been happening for millennia so yeah they're out there and finally, what do you what are you working on next and what would you want to do that you haven't done yet? I am working on a show in September, my own show of work, which is really 
making me really nervous and really excited. It's called Problem Child. Um, it started off as a fanzine and then maybe it was a book and blah, blah, blah. And I probably wound up all the people who've worked on it so much, but it's a show. Who's putting it on? I'm putting it on. So I found a space, my friend, wonderful Tiger's space. Where is it? It's in Haggerston. And I just, I don't want to talk about it too much, but I just want to make something that people remember. Sounds good. Thanks so much, Lottie. Thanks for having me. Bye. Bye. So that was Lottie Anderson talking about her big idea. I'm Danielle Rodoichin. Tune in next week for more career inspiration and check out previous episodes on iTunes, Acast or your favourite podcast app. Bye.